for God this morning. Why don't we stand together, shall we? Welcome everybody online, wherever you are in our nation, uh, uh, overseas. I know we've had some people joining us from Maryland in, in uh, USA, also from Tennessee, a whole group there as well. So special welcome to you if you've tuned in today and anywhere across New Zealand, Australia, across the globe. Thank you so much uh, for being with us today. We trust you're going to be blessed by God's Word. Let's just pray, shall we, as we open in a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we know that without you, nothing happens. Nothing moves, nothing shifts, nothing changes. It's just a religious observance. But Holy Spirit, when you turn up, everything moves. Everything changes. And Lord, our lives are transformed from one state of glory to another. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you as we come now to your word. Pray, give us ears to hear, Lord, what the Spirit would say to us personally, individually. Lord, the specific rhema word that you have for us that will change us, that will lead us forward in our life and our walk and our relationship with you. Help us to focus, Lord, to concentrate. Lord, to not be distracted by the many things that would vie for our attention today. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that you will have your way in our hearts and in our lives in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Grab a seat. Why don't we all just shout Jesus once? Come on, nice loud voice. Jesus. Jesus. Try it again. Jesus. It's just getting you ready so you can say a few amens for me as I'm preaching away, doing my best to give you God's word. I want, you, I want to encourage you today to really focus in and concentrate uh, on what I've got to share with you because it is a bit different. It's a follow-up from last week, but I believe something that I share today, part of it is absolutely life-changing. I really want you to grip it. I would suggest the enemy will do everything he can to distract you this morning because of some of the things that God has laid on my heart to share with you today. And if we could have a timer on the clock, that would be fantastic. All right, so we said last week that people have never been more confused than ever before. You know, they don't know what's right or wrong. They don't know what's good, what's evil. They don't know what's okay to do, what's not okay to do. We see all this stuff happening in the world around us, and it's kind of like, wow, what is right? What is wrong? Is that direction okay? Is it not okay? We kind of, we just, people aren't sure. And uh, people who, who don't have a Bible are even less sure of what might be going on. I read of a, <coughs> a group of people that gathered recently a while ago, and someone made the comment and said, well, I, I, maybe we shouldn't say that because it's not true. And the rest of the group just laughed and laughed and laughed like, why would that ever stop us? I was visiting some uh, folk just the other day, not non-believers, and they, say, they said to me, how come everyone is lying now? They get phone calls and there's lies after lies, you know, people trying to get you to buy into this or sell you this, you know, and it's incredible. So it, we're beginning to realize that the world is full of these unbelievable lies. Isaiah 59, 14 says, truth has fallen in the streets. And we know truth is a foundation upon which civilization is built. It's, part, it's what our lives are built on. So once truth goes, there is collapse. And we're seeing a society collapse, but we're also seeing individual lives collapse because we have to build on the truth. 
We have to build, and there's only one place you find the truth, and that is in the Word of God. So the enemy has very cleverly uh, dismantled truth, little by little, step by step, until we find now that truth has almost disappeared and lies prevail all around us. Um, Countries, organizations rewrite their constitutions. I believe the world is trying to rewrite the laws of God. You can't do it and it won't work. So John 14 verse 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is a, the truth, and the truth is a person. Got to remember that. It's not a whole lot of list of laws and necessarily, but it is essentially a person. And we know John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This book will set you free. A lot of people don't believe it, but that is the absolute truth. This book will set you free. And we're gonna explore that a little bit more today. But in contrast, we read John 8, 44 says, there is no truth in him, talking of Satan. He is a liar and the father of it. So, watch this. Jesus is the truth, right? Satan is a liar, right? They're the two supernatural forces out there. So the battle of the ages is between truth, Jesus, and lies, Satan. And the issue that it all boils down to is who will you listen to most? Are we listening most to Jesus, the truth, or the devil, and all of his lies which come from us from every front. You see, lying is now a worldwide epidemic. It is more contagious than COVID, ultimately more destructive and more deadly. You see, friends, I wanna say to you this morning today that if we are not living in this book, if we're not engaging with the truth, we will I have no other option but to believe lies. And we'll be the, believe the lies that come to us through the media, they come to us through television, through social media, through the internet, online, offline, every line, wherever you look, you're gonna be fed these incredible lies all the time and you don't even know it. So if we're not in this book, there's no option but we believe, believe lies. Over and over again, that's true even within the church, friends. And so what happens when you believe lies? It destroys your life. See, lies are destructive. That's why the vast majority of people struggle in life. They're miserable. It's not happening. It's not working. Why? Because they're believing lies over and over again. They say there's now more marriage and relationship breakdowns than ever before. Why? Relationships are built on truth. Honesty. When honesty goes, truth goes, Relationships go. And that's why there's a collapse in the foundational institutions of family and marriage in society. Okay, we said last week, New Zealand is one of the most secular nations in the world. Isn't that tragic? They reckon that the average European Kiwi has now been said is one of the hardest people on the planet to receive for Jesus Christ. That's us, folks. Why? Because we become so secular. So when you become secular, you can't invoke God or the Bible into any argument of right or wrong. And I want to suggest that maybe the most tragic result on the attack on truth is the fact that it seeks to remove sin and the need for salvation, which means what? People end up in hell. That's the final, ultimate disaster 
of believing lies. And that's what's happening out there. The world is trying to remove God from the equation. And sadly, many people are going to end up in the wrong place. So at Church Unlimited, we're pursuing a culture. The Bible is our foundation. And we build our lives on the authority of God's word. We're going to restore this book to the central place in our lives and in the church. And anyone who agrees says amen, amen, and amen. Get into this book. Get into this book. You have to get into this book. Learn how to get into this book. Because if you don't, can I say it again, you're going to believe lies that will ruin your life, possibly your family and everything else around you. So there was a recent poll done uh, by top Christian researcher, Barna, probably a distant cousin of mine. <laughs> but they found that there's a dramatic drop in biblical beliefs among Pentecostals and Charismatics. They were absolutely shocked. They thought, what? These are the guys at the forefront. This is the fastest growing among Christianity is this group of people. And yet their basic belief of biblical truths is going downhill. It's going south. And you know what was surprising? It was the it was same equally among the young and the old. It wasn't just the young folks. It wasn't just the old. It was both. And it was the same among men and women. A drop in biblical foundational beliefs of the Bible. And they say in America, more people believe, listen to this, nation founded upon God, more people in Americans believe in the devil than in God. Go figure. Lies, lies, and more lies. It's overrunning one of the greatest nations on the planet. And when America goes down, watch out the rest of the world. So why this drop in biblical beliefs? In churches, I guess Pentecostal churches, charismatic churches. I want to give you a few suggestions. But I think number one is there's a lot less Bible-based preaching. It's kind of been diminished. People just get a verse and some good thoughts and out they go, away they go with it. It's not strongly Bible-based. But there's a second reason for this, and I believe that it's, it's along these lines that we're now preaching, the focus is more a me-centered gospel. So what can God do for me? How can he improve my life? Not what can I do for God and how can I improve the kingdom of God around me and in the nation? A me-centered gospel, friends, is the ultimate bondage in life. Because the more you focus on me, the worse life is going to become because it doesn't set you free. It binds you up. And friends, there needs to be a seismic shift away from me to God, away from what God can do for me to what I can do for God. I said a seismic shift, friend, not just a little move. We need a massive move, a gigantic move, friends, because it's destroying the church. It's destroying you. It's destroying me. It's not about me. It's about God. It's about the Lord. It's about Him and what we can do for Him. So, you know, the other thing is we want to preach messages that are encouraging, and I'm all for that. God loves you. God forgives you. He wants to bless you. You know, He'll answer your prayers. He'll give you breakthroughs. He'll provide for your finances. He'll heal you. He'll work a miracle. Yeah, I love it. You hear me preach it all the time. 
But friends, my point is this, we cannot, and I say we cannot, leave out messages on sin, repentance, denial of self, total surrender to Christ, heaven, hell, eternal judgment, the second coming of Christ. It's all in the book, friends. It's in the New Testament. We cannot preach, listen, an edited version of the Bible. We can't drop out the parts we don't like and that we don't agree with, friends. It's truth, Genesis to Revelation. It is the truth and the truth will set you free. Bring back the Bible. Sorry I get a bit wound up about some of this stuff. We cannot remove and diminish the weight of holy commands because that's what sets you free, ultimately. The other thing is we can overfocus on the Spirit at the expense of the Bible. So they say all word, you dry up. All Spirit, you blow up. Word and the Spirit, you grow up. We need the Word and the Spirit. We need prayer and Bible reading. We need both, friends. It's not an either or. It's a both and, if that makes sense. We need to have both. Thank you, friends. So, too often, the other thing we do, and I've been guilty, is we preach all the promises of God to bless but we just leave out the conditions of the blessing. Mmm, yeah. And then what happens is people say, I tried Christianity, it doesn't work. They said God would answer my prayers. Yeah, I know I'm living in sin, I know I never read my Bible, I know I cheat on my taxes, but they told me that if I pray, God would answer my prayers. Christianity doesn't work. Friends, it works. <laughs> It works if you follow the conditions. Do you want to know the conditions in one verse? Make it real simple for you. For those of you who aren't that bright, don't look at the person next to you. Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His... Don't leave out that part. And all these things will be added unto you. People just want all these things will be added unto me. Yippee! Friends, Christianity only works if Jesus is the Lord of your life. If He is on the throne of your life and taking more and more control. So the power of truth. I read this. In Iraq, Ravi Zacharias had a meal with a killer. And this killer was avenging killings done by ISIS. So one day he's avenging the killing, the death of his brother. Walks into a bedroom at night and point blank range, he kills the man who killed his brother. Unknown to him, the man's four-year-old son is in the bed next to him. Sees the blood. He says to the killer, he says, where's my father? The killer is stunned. He's in shock. And he says, well, your father's gone to paradise. The boy said, take me to my father. I want to be with my dad. Well, that shook this killer. He went out and sat on a rubbish heap. 
And he's sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. He said, this is where I belong. He said he struggled to sleep. Every time he slept, in a few minutes, he would see Jesus. It's the mercy of our God. Again and again, he saw Jesus. Eventually, he surrendered his life to Christ. He ended up working in a hospital, binding up the wounds even of the enemy. What happened, friends? The truth. Jesus set him free. That's the power of truth. That's the power of Jesus. See, he was under the control of Satan, devastation, destruction, everything went wrong, depression, the whole lot. When he switched over to the truth, which is Jesus, it set him free. I'm telling you, friends, when you live by the truth, it gives you the best life possible on the planet. Now, many people don't believe what I've just said, that the truth sets you free. So they don't believe that when God says, forgive, good for evil, everyone say good for evil. Oh, we struggle with that one. Uh, lose your life to gain, die to live, give generously, serve, surrender. <laughs> yeah, the, most people, even within church, they just can't believe that's going to set you free, that it's going to give you a better life. In other words, they struggle to believe the truth. And so they ignore the truth and then wonder why life's not quite working out the, they hope, the way they hoped that it would. So postmodernism says there's no absolute truth. So you're free now to define for yourself what is good and evil, what is right or wrong. You, de you de determine your own life and then uh, you know what's right or wrong and then you can live accordingly. See, one of the reasons people struggle with Christianity, now listen carefully, we're gonna just go a bit deeper now, all right? One of the reasons they struggle with Christianity is they feel it's the enemy of freedom. Mm -hmm. Lots of do's and don'ts. It controls my life. It's the enemy of freedom. And so they, they said, no way I'm buying into that truth. It's gonna bind my life up. So they see truth as a form of control. Are you hearing me? Listen carefully, friends, because there's a lot in this. They see it as a restraint on people's behavior. I want to show you that freedom comes from the submission to truth, not the rejection of truth. All right? I'm going to do my best to do that. You see, freedom is not the absence of restrictions. We're all restricted by the Bible. It tells us what we aren't to do what we're limited in doing, how we should live. Yeah, there are restraints, there are restrictions, friends, but these lead ultimately to freedom. Restraints lead to freedom. If you've got the courage to say that with me, say it out loud. Restraints lead to freedom. Do you wanna go further? Control leads to freedom. Oh, it's gonna be tough to get that one out of your mouth, isn't it? Control leads to freedom. Now, let me explain what I mean by control before you walk out that door, all right? That's all locked up anyway. You can't get out. So I want to look at this from a different angle. <laughs> so as the years go by, you can't 
eat anything you want. Anyone found that? You better find out soon. So I have to watch my sugar level, all right? Now, don't worry, there's no problem with it. It's well under control, okay? I have to watch it, though. And, um, but the doctor says to me, Tark, you have to restrict your freedom to eat some free food that you love. Now, I love lemon meringue pie. I love sticky date pudding. I love anything that's sweet. All right, because I've got a sweet tooth. But now I have to be restrained. I have to be controlled by what the doctor says. You getting it? Why? So I can enjoy a greater freedom of good health and long life. So I have to restrain myself. I have to limit myself. Now, I could be like many people say, nobody's going to control me, tell me what I can eat. Nobody's going to tell me what I can do. Yeah, fine. I'll suffer the consequences. Restraints lead to freedom. The best restraints of all are found in this book. And they'll lead you to the greatest freedom possible. Is anyone getting this? Somebody say amen. All right. I keep going. I have to keep going. There's a lot in this. It really is. It's really got my attention. Now, Tim Keller, let's take it a bit further, speaks about the freedom of a loving relationship. He said it only comes when you surrender freedom. So you're newly married. <laughs> God bless you and good luck. <laughs> and you get home 35 minutes late and your wife says, where were you? All your life, you'd been free to get home any time you want to. You didn't have to explain anything to anyone. But now you're married and you want the freedom of a loving relationship. You better learn restraints. You better learn restrictions. You cannot make unilateral decisions any longer. It's over forever. <laughs> Is anyone getting it? You can't have freedom without restraint. It's just the way it works. You know, for, for the world to tell us to be free, you have to reject restraints, is one of the biggest lies upon the planet. All right, let's go further. So you have a musical skill. Singer like me. All right. So what do you do? You restrict your freedom so you can practice, practice, practice. And so there's a lot of things you can't do because you don't have the time. But only if you restrict what you do will you have the greater freedom of performing better and maybe wowing the crowds with the skill that you've developed because of freedom, because of restraint leading to this greater freedom. We mentioned last week about sports people. They undergo tremendous restraints from coaches, don't they? Why? To be champion sports people. Why is it that we're willing to be restrained all out there except from in here? We don't want this book to restrain us. And can I say, I think it's time to let Coach Jesus restrain you 
so you can be an outstanding Christian. Yeah, that deserves a clap. Freedom is not the absence of restrictions, but you need the right restrictions, okay? So you get told, oh man, you probably hear it yourself, you can be anything you want to be. What a stupid comment that is. You can't be anything you want to be. You can only be what God created you to be. So you get a, you know, a 55 kg, you know, four foot nine inch young guy, and he's heard this comment, so he said, I'm gonna be an all black hooker. So he restrains himself, he restricts himself, and he destroys his life because they're the wrong restrictions. They're the wrong restraints. Here's a question I want to ask you, and this is what I really want to drive home today. What is the ultimate truth for you that will set you free? What is the ultimate? You know, we hear a lot of truth in here, a lot of things to do, don't know all the rest, and it's all good, we've got to do it, follow it all, but what's what I consider the ultimate truth for your life, that you've you got to get a hold of it. Got to somehow find out what it is. Let me tell you what I believe the ultimate truth is. That's to discover what God called you to become and to pursue it with everything you've got and put in the right restrictions. So it's to discover why God put you on the planet. What is his purpose for his life? What has he designed you to become? When you discover that, and then you put in the restraints accordingly, friends, you will find the ultimate, I believe, and the greatest freedom possible on planet Earth because you are created with purpose, you are created with destiny, you are created with design, you are made for something unique upon this life. And friends, when you discover that and when you pursue it, you become why you have breath today. You, become, you fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. You fulfill the, the reason God gives you breath today, friends. And too many people never discover and pursue what God had created them to be. But the more you pursue it, what God created you to be, the more you're gonna find freedom, fulfillment, peace, joy, and satisfaction in your life. You will become the best you. It's, it's a tragedy, friends, that so many people never discover this and are not becoming what they were designed to be. When you're not becoming what you're designed to be, it can only lead to frustration because you know you're made for something better than what you're living. You know you're made for something much, much more. So where's the wealthiest place in the world? Let me suggest. It's the graveyard. Why? There lie dreams never fulfilled. Books never written. Gifts never developed. Songs never composed. Callings never fulfilled. It's tragic. See, some people think if I surrender to the call of God, I won't be able to enjoy life. That is a lie from the devil. You see, I embrace many restraints. Let me be honest for a moment, to become all God has called me to do. So I fast most weeks, as you, most of you well know. I spend quite a lot of time praying and reading my Bible. I don't watch movies, I don't have time. I'm not into computer games, I work hard. I have a limited social life. And some look at my lifestyle, they feel sorry for me. Please don't. I feel sorry for everyone else around me, quite frankly. 
Don't feel sorry for me, friends, because I find the more I pursue the call of God, the more I restrict and restrain myself, the more fulfilled, the more happy, the more content, the more satisfied, the more peaceful, the more joyful I become. The more I pursue, the more I restrain. I'm finding the further I go, the more I've got to restrain myself. The further I go, the more I've got to restrict the things I can do and the things I can't do. Why? For a greater freedom of becoming all God purposed and destined for me to be. I will give up what I need to give up for the ultimate freedom of fulfilling the purpose and the plan and the destiny of God upon my life. That is the ultimate freedom, friends, that God has got for you and God has got for me. Think about a fish. It thrives in the water. Why? It was made for the water. So the fish decides, flag this, no one's going to control me. Jumps out of the water onto land. What happens? Dies. Why? It's trying to be what it was not created to be. So many people in the world today, friends, are rejecting what God's called them to be, rejecting the Word of God, and they're dying. Dying on the inside. All right. Listen to the truth. Restrictions. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get this, but I'm going to have a go anyway. Restrictions are the way to go. It's the way to life. Wow. Solomon, what did he do? Cast off all restraints. Enjoyed every pleasure. All the wealth in the world. He denied himself nothing that his eyes wanted. Even had 700 wives. It was pretty dumb. <laughs> what if he knew all their names? Anyway, just a thought. Ended up saying what? Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. So what did no restraints lead to? Death. Death on the inside. What I want you to get today is that restraints, the right restraints, godly restraints, are the way to life. Because that's a message that's been lost from the church. Jesus put it differently. He said, die to self. Same thing. He said, lose your life to find it. Same thing. He said, so, let it go to receive. He said, lose in order to gain. It's a complete opposite, friends. And we've got to restore that teaching back to the truth. So Solomon, he concludes this. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. What is it? After trying everything, after casting off all restraint, he said this, fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is man's all. See, friends, to pursue anything less and all God has pl planned for your life can only result in emptiness, frustration, and you wonder what is life all about. Mm. So there is absolute truth. There is the Bible, the truth, and it does restrict what you can and cannot do, but the result is ever-increasing freedom. The closer you get to Jesus, who's truth, closer you get to this book, which is truth, the more freedom you will experience. So you can decide today how free you are by asking yourself, how close am I to Jesus? How much am I in this book? There's your answer. I'm not going to decide it for you. You can decide that for yourself.
Can I just say with euthanasia, it violates truth. God is a giver of life, and he's the only one who can end life. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own. No one can take life under any conditions. Vote no <laughs> to euthanasia and vote no to cannabis, all right? So, as I wrap it up, we need to make some major shifts, seismic shifts in our thinking. We need to understand that the truth is that restrictions are not bad, the right ones, but they're necessary and lead to freedom. I want you to grab that truth. The ultimate truth is to discover God's purpose for your life. Why has he put you on the planet? What is his will? What is his design? What is his calling? Discover that. Then restrict what you do to become the incredible person, the amazing, amazing person God planned and created for you to be. We will, with God's help, restore the Bible to its rightful place in our lives and in the church, and we will walk in ever-increasing freedom, peace, joy, fulfillment, and satisfaction in Jesus' name. Amen.